Hello and welcome to our new series, Unlocking the Future, EU Industry Days podcast, presenting insights, trends and challenges, but also fresh opportunities emerging from Europe's industrial transformation. We've got a treat lined up for you in today's roundtable episode focused on youth panels. We explore how businesses can create better opportunities for young people while benefiting themselves. How businesses respond to crisis situations like COVID is a testament to their resilience, but also to their foresight. Deal with today, but plan for tomorrow. As we adapt to the true impact of the climate crisis, this couldn't be more vital. That means investing in resources, both capital and human. Giving young people opportunities now is a vote of confidence. They will pay that back as skilled workers, cashed up consumers and eventually future leaders. It's still a win-win, even if the payback takes a bit longer to recoup. But how do we fully engage them in this process? Our speakers are keen to reflect on the mutual benefits of businesses and students coming together through youth panels, exploring realistic scenarios, hands-on business cases and youthful perspectives. I'm very pleased. Joining me today, we have Peter Morgensen, CEO at Quaka in Denmark, and Julia Carnetti, IMF Youth Fellow 2021 Programme. So before we go into the subject in detail. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Julia, give me a bit of background on what you do. So yeah, of course. So I'm 26 years old and I graduated uh, last April um, in international relations from the University of Macerata. And uh, after my graduation, I took an internship for a center of research where we basically do research on uh, young people in developing countries and all the difficulties they face, like violence or child marriages. And I'm um, I'm uh, now uh, working with them as a contractor. And also after my uh, graduation, I did the so I became an IMF Youth Fellow for the um, IMF Youth Fellowship Program 2021. Okay, Peter, let's uh, let's hear from you. Tell us what Quaka is and, and what you do. Yeah, my name is Peter Mogensen. I'm, I'm the CEO of a Danish think tank. And what we do here is economics analysis in macro microeconomics or in terms of the, you could call it the reform agenda, ongoing reform agenda in, in Denmark. Um, so we employ a huge amount of uh, trained economists, uh, a lot of them on PhD level. Um, and uh, basically we do uh, the calculations in terms of when a government in Denmark are planning to do this and that, could be tax reforms, educational reforms, whatever. Then uh, then we do a lot of uh, calculations and, and put it into the public um, in terms of uh, maybe also fighting a little bit uh, fake news in terms of the discussions that are, are ongoing, of course, also in this country on, on where to move the society. We've been very much involved in the COVID discussions in terms of compensation schemes and so on. And obviously we do employ a lot of very young students as well. And in, in, uh, in connection to this, we have a very a long-standing close uh, work, working relationship with the Deloitte um, the consulting firm Deloitte, um, in terms of making analysis and being uh, relevant on the uh, ongoing economics agenda 
Myself, I'm in my 50s um, and I'm a trained, trained economist. I have a background in the Ministry of Finance in Denmark. I've also been a global partner with the, the consulting firm Accenture for almost 10 years. Um, and now for the last uh, 11, 12 years, I've been the CEO of this uh, economic think tank, which is private funded. But obviously, we do employ also a huge uh, and uh, quite a lot of, of uh, academic uh, people from academia, professors, and so on from the University of Copenhagen and Aarhus, uh, from the economics departments. So I hope that gives you a, a sense of it. Listening, engaging with youth is increasingly crucial for companies as they face up to the current and future crises, from COVID recovery to the climate crisis. But news headlines today do seem to lament how young people are struggling to break into the job market because of the situation we're in. And while businesses seem also to have difficulty meeting the demands and the expectations of younger generation within a workplace. Uh, Based on your IMF Youth Fellow experience, Julia, what has it meant for you to be part of that program? And what is the value for young people of encounters with business at such a level? So uh, I believe it was a great opportunity for me to be part of the IMF Youth Fellowship Program because it provided me a first insight of the work being done within the organization and at the same time took part in it firsthand. Um, in fact, with the program, I had the great opportunity to engage personally with IMF top management and senior staff and discuss with them current global economic issues, uh, including inclusive growth, inequality, and climate change. So um, I believe the importance of these youth programs is ambivalent for both young people and businesses. Um, In fact, in my experience, uh, the purpose of our work was to bring recommendations uh, on innovative solutions to the the IMF that I believe and hope they had benefit from it. Um, yeah, I think it was a perfect example of the mutual benefits of businesses and students who met through the youth panels. Peter, for you, what are the main hurdles that you come across as a potential employer? And what, for you, are the benefits of a youth panel? What specific positive outcomes have you seen? Yeah, I, I, we have, we, we've established a youth panel with Deloitte uh, in terms of getting their views on, uh, you know, where should we, uh, where should we, what should we aim for as a country? Uh, and they have actually produced, you know, some visions around that. And I think the um, the largest uh, the the way that we the, the largest issues now, I believe, is that youth uh, of our time, thankfully, are very concerned of climate issues and obviously also some some really hard uh, positions on you know, jobs, job that is purpose-driven, basically, uh, a lot more than in my generation, uh, at least as I sense it. And um, we should be compliant with that when we are employing young people because we can uh, really use that drive to move, you know, the um, the the world in a, in a better way. Uh, obviously, they have to spend a lot more time on this planet than some of, some of the rest of us. Uh, for obvious reasons, and um, I believe that that uh, if we don't, uh, you know, become compliant with what their needs are as employers, then we will make a mistake, not only in terms of them, but also in terms of ourselves, because they simply represent things that we need here. On the other side of that equation, um, you know, you can, uh, you know, you can organize yourself in any which new way you want. It's fine. 
But at the end of the day, you do need some production and you do need some systems in, in order to be efficient. And, um, and I believe that uh, uh, young people are very eager to, uh, to put in the hours and work very, uh, very efficiently. But you do also need the systems put in place that, that you know, create a space where they can, where they can uh, push the agendas that they uh, believe is, is uh, relevant going forward. And, and I do think that it is possible to engage companies in a totally new way uh, in the, the global agendas like, like climate change and so on in order to be uh, compliant to what young people believe is, is the right way as well. But, but if we don't recognize that, and I also realize that, you know, that's, that is happening for, to a large extent uh, from, for uh, big companies, I'm a little bit more concerned about smaller and medium-sized companies if they are actually uh, doing this in order to also attract young people. But, uh, but I think that, uh, that we are going that, in that direction but I see some uh, some uh, some issues around being very conscious about this, uh, so that we uh, we can benefit from each other's uh, views. Young people versus, uh, I, I would call it old or at least uh, organizations working right now uh, in 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 our time. Well, I think you've nicely outlined how. It- young people are needed in the debates and in the decision making because as it's you say it ultimately impacts their lives do you think the approach that you've been working on would work outside denmark is it transferable yeah i think so because uh, you know we are as a uh, you know most of what we do is also in english and um, and obviously when you put together uh, a lot of young people who you can say is uh, they are uh, you know, we, we, we took people from all over the country and we put them in a room from different parts of the society, not academia, all of them, only a fraction. And the rest was, uh, you know, different types of uh, young people. But everybody was eager to put in their views on how to this country should develop. I believe that can be done in any, any country. And I believe also that the visions they had for Denmark, obviously, they are comparable to many similar countries. But but the, but but in in every country, you would be able to put together and and sort of you know tap into the views of these young people and put them to play in your organizations because it's uh, gives you a gives you a really nice view of what is actually going on in the head of these people. Uh, and I believe that uh, if we don't understand that. This is not a top-down process anymore. This is at least a uh, bottom-up as well. And uh, we have to be able to understand each other to a larger extent. And, um, and this, so, so this communication, I would call it, is certainly uh, possible uh, in a very concrete way uh, in, in, uh, for, for all countries, basically, to put in place. Yeah. Well, Julia, let me ask you for your take on this intergenerational communication. Are people listening to you? Do you think that is something that you're seeing experience of? Well, yeah, I mean, I hope so. Um, when I got this experience as I, I am a youth fellow, I mean, um, so our work was uh, to, like, um, uh, bring recommendations uh, on like innovative solution to the organization. And yeah, I mean, 
uh, we have great responses from the IMF uh, senior staff and management. So yeah, I believe it was worth it for them too. And yeah, I think, I mean, a useful voice is really, really important for like organizations and their work. So I think they can benefit from it. And yeah. And let me follow up by asking, what more do you think the EU could do to boost youth employment in general? Is it something like more like the Pact for Skills? There's a youth employment initiative. There's Erasmus Plus. You know, we've got all these instruments. Are they really having an impact on the ground, Julia? Or would you like to see even more or better communication or something? Well, yeah, I believe all these, um, like the EU uh, Erasmus or program or the EU work and trainerships are really uh, important programs uh, to help people, like young people, to involve in like the world of work. So, but I also believe that AU uh, could, I mean, do like activities such as work placements or job shadowing or career inside talks. I believe that they could be a really good first step uh, to engaging young people with senior staff in the workplace. And yeah, also uh, with youth organizations that can work with the businesses to create like a bridge between the world of working young people. So for example, these youth panels I believe they're a great example and opportunity on, of how it is beneficial for, for everyone. Well, there's a sense that young people are a little bit demotivated by externalities like the economy, um, as they are as by the institutions or the organizations that should be nurturing them and providing the opportunities. Um, and they feel that there's an awful lot of hoops to jump through. What can businesses do and, and, you know, to work with higher education or youth organizers or others in the ecosystem to turn this around? Uh, Peter, uh, do you have any hands-on action that you see can maybe overcome a sense of fatality um, when we look around us? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think um, just if I make just one reflection in that area from the former question, I think I think it's different if you look... Uh, you know, uh, the countries, it, it, it's various situations in various countries, to be honest. And um, what you could, for, for instance, the labor market in the Southern Europe country, sorry, Euro, Southern European countries, they're, they're very much, and Germany as well, actually, uh, they have tried to do, but I think a push for labor market reforms, which will help young people to go through, uh, so that's so it's not like the uh, the uh, the uh, last in first out situation. And if you get a job in Italy, for instance, you can pretty much be sure to have that job unless the company go, uh, you know, goes in in lockdown uh, for the rest of your life. And uh, so, so I believe that the the labor market reforms are very important for young people to see that this is this is a game where. For instance, what we experience is, you know, young people don't want to be at one in one workplace for many years necessarily. They would like to try different things. That is not possible in a labor market where, you know, uh, you're not able, when you get a job, you basically stay there until you go to your pension. Also in the public sector, which of course there's a huge job market there. So I believe that a very large key for this, for making things attractive for young people, is basically labor market reforms in countries uh, that, that have that uh, system in place where it's very hard to get into the labor market, especially in economic hard times, which the Southern Europe, of course, has been into for decades now. 
and and you could uh, you could change that with a more flexible labor market uh, regulation. Maybe also, I believe EU as an institution could uh, you know do with a walk the talk uh, to a larger extent. For instance, um, in the um, in panels and everywhere, you know maybe maybe ask young people to participate on a basis that is real, that it may, means something when they when they say things. Because at the end of the day, young people realize, of course, that experience is needed and they don't have that. However, uh, their view and perspective is value, valuable. And, and, and I think that um, that, that uh, to be a little bit, hum uh, a little bit uh, you know, concerned about bringing them in for real and not for window dressing, basically. Uh, and I think that the uh, EU as an institution, we all know it's an elite organization. It's very hard to get a job in, in the commission and so on. Uh, you know, you have to be, uh, you know, top of the line. But, but there are a lot of political panels where I know a lot of politicians, are also Danish EU politicians, and obviously they certainly could use some input from, from young people. So, so I think that um, for companies, it's the same deal. Uh, you have to take them seriously uh, and uh, you have to respect that they don't walk in uh, you know, on, the, on the ground level and then they, in, in 40 years later, they will be on the top level in the chief executive officer's chair. They just want to walk in, have a good time, learn a lot of things, change, and maybe leave in one year, two years to, to, uh, to move on on their journey. And I think that's a very important lesson for, uh, for com private companies to, to understand, basically. Julia, what's your perspective on this? Um, is the EU doing enough? It is This year is the year of youth, which is supposed to put younger people centre stage in all these policymaking decisions and these ideas about how to build back better out of this COVID crisis. So what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I believe uh, that EU... Um always uh, put an effort to engage young people in its work and also try always try to involve more young people inside their works. That's, that's good to hear. Peter, do you want to give us uh, your closing thoughts um, as we wrap up this podcast? Yeah, sure. Uh, and thank you for uh, allowing me to participate here. Yeah, I would like to say that. It's really a, enjoying this and obviously uh, also on behalf of Deloitte, basically who we're working together with uh, very closely i think that um, i think we are in a new uh, totally new situation uh, in the times we're in at the moment um, i think um, i think one large agenda is sort of overshadowing everything else mainly the climate uh, discussion and i think that uh, you know if we don't uh, realize that then we may uh, not only lose, uh, you know, a lot of uh, headway in terms of solving those issues with climate, but we may also lose, uh, you know, the younger generations um, and their eagerness to participate in developing, uh, you know, the societies and participate in in uh, in nation building that we need. Uh, so, so at the end of the day, uh, sitting here on the twenty seventh of January two thousand and twenty two. Uh, we need everyone, uh, public, private, 
to make our stand clear in the climate agenda in order to have this uh, real communication with the young uh, generations. It, it seems to be starting there in, in these times. So I hope that can be at least noted in some respect somewhere. So thank you very much for allowing me to participate. Thank you, Peter. Julia, um, give us your closing thoughts. You're the, the youngest person on this panel. And so we want to have your voice echoing in our listeners' ears as they think about this. Well, yeah, um, I believe that um, regarding the topic that we discussed today, it, it is really, really important. And I mean, I mean, I believe the great importance is the involvement of young people in the businesses. Uh, you know, a great example is creating youth panels, as we discussed today, for both students and businesses. In fact, I believe that this, with these initiatives, students have the real opportunity uh, to interact with company management and senior staff and have a first insight of the work being done by the organizations. And yeah, at the same time, I believe that businesses can take advantage of a youthful point of view and benefit of it in their work. So it's a mutual benefit, and I believe it's really, really important. And thank you so much for having me today. Thank you both very much. Well, thank you all very much. You've really made a case for the youth panels as an organised way of engaging young people and helping them break into the labour market. So we wish everyone great fortune with that. You've given our listeners an awful lot to think about as well. That's it for this episode of the Unlocking the Future podcast. Be sure to check out more in the series and feel free to like, share and show your appreciation for the different topics online. This podcast is an initiative of the European Commission and is part of EU Industry Days 2022, Europe's flagship annual event on industry, taking place in the week of the 7th to the 11th of February 2022. For more information on the EU Industry Days, please visit the website online. This podcast was produced by VO with the financial support of the European Union. Its contents do not necessarily reflect the views of the European Commission.